Hi, welcome to Not So Aloney, the show where I hang out with a friend and make stuff. This week, I hung out with my friend Matt, and we played Dungeons and Dragons. We like to call this one Testers and Jesters. This is a bonus episode. It's just the story parts, none of the actual role-playing or, like, chit-chat that we have. Enjoy. Welcome to Testers and Jesters, the show where two friends play with each other and explore while role-playing in Dungeons and Dragons. So we're going to play some D&D. I wanted to test out a game that I wrote a while back, A Stormy Night at the Manor, that is for a book I'll probably never publish. And yeah, so we're going to do it. This version of the story is called The Dark Voice Constructs. This is going to be a crazy one. Well, good thing it's Constructs because... Yeah, that's like perfect for you. Murden loves Constructs. But yeah, so my character is Murden the Cannonball. Murden is from a colony of gnomes that live with the cloud giants. The gnomes are exiled, and these gnomes have managed to make a deal with these cloud giants that allow them to live together in harmony above the clouds, soaring across the skies of Jewel Ray. He's not like most gnomes. He was a bit of the runt of the litter. He was a bit more bulky than the other gnomes. They made fun of him. He took a job that not many of the gnomes do. Most gnomes go into study of the arcane the unnatural experiments, but not him. He wanted to focus more on fixing constructs, understanding their inner workings. And then he figured maybe I could take from what I've learned and apply it to myself, building this like suit of battle armor. He knew that people really wouldn't care if he was gone or not. That inspired him to go out and view the ground, you know, see the world from a different perspective. And he went down to the surface of Jewel Rain as they've been exploring ever since. Deep in the Azure Swamps, home of the Dragonborn, there is a small little fort called Fort Penn. Inside are a lot of normal folk living normal lives. It's a tourist town where people come to, you know, travel through into the swamp. You entered into this small fort a few days ago on your travels across the world. And you heard about a group of bandits in a nearby cave. And you headed down there to investigate. You've heard of a female kobold, the Rib Eater. As you walk up to the bandit camp, you are looking for this female kobold. Are the bandits even in the cave? The bandits seem to have left the area. The cave seems to be closed off, and it seems like... There's a lot of trash around, like someone just left in a hurry. You can see a set of footprints that seems to go back into the cave, but the carts seem to be leaving, so someone must have stayed behind. I will cautiously walk into the cave. As you walk into the cave, you can see that there are tons of traps here and glowing mushrooms and a pit full of spikes. You see footprints. You looked on the ground for footprints and you seem to have lost. You started touching the ground, looking desperately for footprints. And then you heard someone behind you. You see a small kobold in the shadows. It seems to just be standing there. She looks rather cutesy. She seems to match the description, but Rib Eater is a vicious, you know, killer and thief. She doesn't seem so vicious. Are you the one known as Rib Eater? You can see that she's holding a dagger. She stabs it. She uh, strikes into you and barely hurts you with your massive health pool. Yeah. So she just kind of nips at your back. 
I'd say she makes like a perfect cut like in between the nicks of my armor or a perfect stab. The flavor it, I essentially activate my armor's defense mode. Defense mode activated. <laughs> Spikes pop out of your armor like a puffer fish. How close am I to her? Oh, she's right next to you. She tried to stab you. I'm just going to swing at her with my war pick. I'm going to make two attacks on my war pick. And as a bonus action, I'm going to make a attack with my light hammer. Okay, so... Murden is now having a panic attack, and I have to make a successful uh, wisdom save. I guess Murden was just so shocked that he, uh, she got a lucky hit that he's just like, what the fuck? Suddenly he gets stabbed in the back and he goes, oh my god! <laughs> oh shit, I'm gonna die! <laughs> I'm gonna make my second attack. Make one more strike with my light hammer. You strike into her and she is almost dead. She is terrified, and as she is basically about to die, she looks at you... And she says, uh, please, no, I have, I have, I have, I have a, a treasure, a great, a great treasure. She is telling the truth unequivocally. You scared me. I, I don't know how you could just get such a perfect hit through my armor. I got lucky, man. I got lucky. I got, I got slippery fingers, you know, I just slide in there and pull shit out. And I guess I can stab stuff in there too. Then I ask, are you the one known as Rib Eater? My name is Creel Rib Eater, family name. I don't like to eat ribs every day. You know, it's only like a once a once a once every three hours thing. Yeah, please don't kill me, please. But then now you realize she's weak as shit. You're a wanted kobold, and you're coming with me alive. Okay. And she holds out her hands to be cuffed, and she says, "Please, just don't kill me. I I I don't want to be here at all. I don't want to be anywhere near here." Why? What's inside the cave? Oh, there's nothing in the cave. They took everything when they left. This this is the bandit hideout. This is this is our, our hangout. Yeah, she's telling the truth. This is her hideout. Yeah, this is our hideout. This is where we keep the stuff we steal, but everybody just booked out of here. Why? Why would they leave? Well, people in these parts have been having a lot of nightmares. Really? Yeah, constant nightmares. And I guess they just had enough of it because those nightmares are terrifying. But I mean, I'm not afraid of anything except for, I guess, death. Okay, with a 20 not natural, you immediately open your senses. You listen to the force. And you listen to the magic around you. And you can immediately hear a voice in your mind. A dark voice, the likes of which you have never heard. And it whispers... You will all die and bow before me. She says, did you hear the voice? Yes. Wow, it only speaks to people in their dreams. I didn't know it was just talking to people. Do you know where the voice is coming from? Yeah, there's a great treasure there, but it's so dangerous. I thought you wanted to take me back to the town. I do, but this appears to be dire towards the town of Fort Penn. She looks at you and she smiles and she kind of chuckles <laughs> well I, I i am at a, a great opportunity here i would like to make a deal with you and she smiles really big uh i say i usually don't make deals with my bounty targets but i'll hear you out just this once because of the situation i'll show you to the haunted mansion to the lost mansion of fort penn and in exchange you will let me go as soon as we're there You'll take the irons off, you'll go inside, and I'll leave you be, and we'll never see each other again. I won't steal anything else here, and I will leave, and everywhere I go, I will tell them of the gnome that beat me. And your name is? Or, I could just turn you in and find the mansion myself. That's true, but I'm the only one who knows how to get inside. Really? Uh, it seems like she's telling the truth. Very well. 
I sigh deeply. Let's go to the mansion. She smiles, and she says, Alrighty then, let's head out. She starts walking. No funny business. Of course, no funny business. I'm not very funny. <laughs> As you are walking with her, she says, There's an old graveyard behind the mansion. Do you want to go through it, or do you want to go around to the front of the mansion? Let's go around to the front. Okay. Yeah, good idea. Graveyards are creepy as fuck. As the two of you travel through the woods, she says, uh, so you're, you're a gnome, huh? Sorry, but I'm not trying to talk to you. Okay, man, just trying to make conversation, you know? You know, you never get to meet gnomes a lot, you know, ever since the fucking genocide. You know, you don't really hear about gnomes all that often. Oh, uh, yes, the great experiment that went wrong. Yeah, well, you know, things go wrong and things happen, but you seem to be doing all right. You seem to be well-equipped for a gnome. Gnomes don't usually fight. Because mm, it's just reminding him of, like, yes, he's not a typical gnome. You hear thunder in the distance. And lightning in the distance. And you come across the mansion. And you see a lake that is slightly foggy and creepy. And you are in the center of a dense, dense swamp. As you get closer to the mansion, everything seems to get darker and more bluish. This place has always had bad weather, but it seems like it's been getting worse the last few weeks. You are standing outside and the storm gets even worse. You start to feel as if you can't move as hard. There seems to be a very strong wind resistance. It's as if you are getting hit with a gust of full force wind, as if there is a hurricane above this place. As this happens, you feel the wind shear hit your eyes. Your eyes at first start to feel weak as if you couldn't see as well, but you beat it. You're now in front of the mansion. The wind and power from this place is so strong that you are almost being pushed back. And you can see her and she's grabbing onto you for dear life. I forcefully walk in the direction of the mansion and I kind of drag her with me. As the wind gets louder surrounding your ears, it is so loud you can't hear. You know that the only way to stop the pain in your head is to get inside. I forcefully push my way into the mansion. You can't move full speed, but you manage to make it inside. As you reach the doors and hold on to that door handle, you feel the air thrust back at you. As you hold on to the door, you feel as if you let go of this door, you would fly back 25 feet from the sheer force of this wind. So you're now holding onto a doorknob and your feet are flying back. I take the pick part of my work pick and drive into the floorboard of the mansion. You punch open the door, put your pick into the ground, and you are now hanging off of it. You manage to pull yourself and her in. You chuck her in. As you shut the door, you see a wave the size you have never seen before coming from the lake, as if it is almost tsunami-sized. A crushing wave of pain and death and you see it killing everything outside that is alive. And as you shut the door, you know that that wave would have destroyed you. You are now inside the mansion. You see that there are some holes in the ceiling that allow light in. And it seems like this place has been abandoned for a very long time. But everything in it seems oddly clean, as if it has not aged. The only reason it looks abandoned is that the door that you came in through look completely abandoned and the walls seem a bit old in construction. But when you look at the building, it's as if it was left alone yesterday. 
What the fuck was that? What what was that? You should know. You're the one that got us into this. You're the one that made me want to go here. I didn't know anything about this place. All I knew is that this place is fucking terrifying and that everybody left. Oh my god. And that there's a voice with nightmares. Yeah. Supposedly there's still a treasure, but I can't leave now. I was just going to slip away. I don't know how to get in this place. I don't know anything about the inside of this place. I just wanted you to bring me here. And you did. And I was just going to leave. And then suddenly a fucking hurricane hits. Unfortunately, it looks like we're going to have to work together. Yeah, I guess. I guess we are going to have to work together in this incredibly terrifying and spooky mansion that seems completely clean and untouched, even though it's been here for a thousand years. This place is eerie. You seem to be in a large foyer, and there is a stairwell in front of you and two doors, one to your left and one to your right. As you walk up to the door, it seems like a perfectly ordinary door. And there seems to be a sign that says stables. Mm. Stables. No. I'll go to the right door and investigate. You walk up to the door. Seems to be a coat room. I'll walk into the coat room. As you walk in, you notice that there appears to be a door. And it leads into a room where it says ballroom. As you enter the ballroom, it is completely empty. Nothing is in it at all. Which is odd, because normally buildings like this would have at least chairs or something but it's eerily quiet and you feel as if you were being watched you notice that there is a horrible aura here and you listen and you begin to hear the voice again whisper into your mind welcome to my home i hope you enjoy your stay you are in a ballroom there are two doors to your right and two doors to your left it appears that there are no footprints anywhere. Like I said, spotless. Weirdly spotless. Yeah, I think they just clean, man. I think this is a really clean place. Maybe maybe this place is just seems creepy. And actually, the Dark Voice is just a really nice wizard who just doesn't want people on his property. And he's happy that he has guests for once. Huh? I'm sure we'll be fine. And we're not going to die horribly. No, we're... Uh, God, I don't want to die. Get a grip on yourself. With these supernatural anomalies that are going on right now it's definitely not a, a wizard that wants to keep people away it's something dark and evil and we need to get to the bottom of this well we're on the ground floor so i don't know how much more bottom you could go in the middle of the ballroom you hop on the floor and crush into it and it seems completely solid almost like this is the foundation you're on uh, there appears to be stone in the room nearby you, and the other floor seems to be covered in tile. It seems like this is the ground floor. There could be a basement, but this place would just have to be really well made. I guess we'll have to continue our search then. Open one of the right doors. Okay. I'm gonna, are you doing this because there might be a trap that horribly murders me? Maybe. You know you get less money if I'm dead. She, <laughs> uh, she opens the door as you laugh, and she says, uh, Holy shit, this place is beautiful. And you see a glowing light come from the room. It seems very magical. And not dark magic, but just like ordinary magical. Like pleasant. Yeah, pleasantly magical. Magically delicious, you could say. Mm. You can tell that this seems to be some sort of greenhouse for all kinds of magical plants. Oh, joy. All right, I will cautiously walk in. You can see pumpkins and crystalline fruits, some shovels, some buckets some dirt, a bunch of chests filled with tools and various ingredients. You see a tree that seems to have a grape-like fruit that's a cross between a pineapple and an orange, known as a prange. Mergen just sees the prange tree 
it is just like, wow, that's a beautiful tree. But the, and those juicy looking fruit, uh, it probably tastes amazing. You almost feel compelled to eat one, but then you look away. Hmm. Eh, never mind. You see a broom and a shovel in the distance. As you go towards the shovel, it seems just like an ordinary shovel. But you feel something hit you against your back. And you turn and see an animated shovel and an animated knife and an animated broom. This entire row of chests seems to be filled with dozens of animated creatures in a large swarm. Gardening tools start coming to life and they all point at you, ready to strike. A broom hits you upside the leg. Battle mode engaged. As you look, you notice that they seem to have almost been sleeping. And as you entered the room, you realize the broom hit you and all the other chests opened up and the cutleries, the various tools are alive and sitting in the chests and they seem to be waking up as if it is morning. It's time to roll out. I am going to go into ball mode. You curl up into a ball, a big spiky ball. I'm going to run past all of them. As you turn into a ball and fly through all six of these gardening tools that seem to be alive, waking up in their little cubbies, three of them dodge you, and the other three seem to be hit and blindsided by you. They are all made of metal, but some of them is made of wood. So you bowling ball through them and kind of scuff up the sides of them slightly and roll around the room. They all seem very confused and they're shaking around. Almost as if they didn't even know you were there. The ball rolls, hits the floor, it like kind of jumps, and then it starts revving up again, and then it's going to do another line all the way back. As you scuff through all these little innocent tools, your spikes start to pierce directly into their handles, and blood seems to shoot out of the handle as your spike comes out, as if they have organs in their handles. And you begin to see a trail of blood. Five innocent gardening tools bleed to death. As you roll by, one still lives. Damn. And it is horrified by what it sees. This innocent little trowel just woke up from its little bed and saw all five of its brothers and sisters gutted brutally by a giant ball made of spikes. I crawl out of ball mode. You now come out of a ball and you see a single trowel just sitting there, terrified of you. And in the distance, a broom that is just sweeping. That it, it didn't even notice what just happened. It's looking the other way. As I'm just going to walk up to the trowel, because I can see it quivering, and I'm like, boom! Oh my god, there's a brave trowel. So he is not scared of you. So the trowel is furious that you murdered his family. And he looks to you, and you hear psychically in your mind, One day, I will return, and I will kill you in your sleep to avenge my brothers and sisters. I want to smack it across the garden with my war pick. The trowel, a tiny shovel that folds up, used to dig ditches, turns, looks at you, and it says, Why? And you see the trowel fall to the ground, blood shoots out, and it falls unconscious. Oh, little thing. He puts him in his backpack. He's like, don't worry, I'll fix you right up. Trowley wakes up in the bag and vows revenge as he watches over this murderous bastard. And he looks into the hallway and he sees Neil, who is sneaking away in the dark. She then heads towards the lobby and continues to look around for something to escape with. She tries to open the door. Fuck, God damn it! it won't open. What do I do? I can hear him, shit. 
Meanwhile, you return to the room, and um, all the blades are gone. You put the other one in your pocket. It is now uh, pocketed. Let me name it, Trowley. And you see a broom in the room, and it is just moving back and forth. It's just sweeping it up, and it goes over to the blades, and it just starts sweeping up their blood. Why do these gardening tools bleed? The broom seems to just sweep its way out. As you go to take the door to the right, you see that the wall is made of glass, and you can see outside the horrible storm that is blowing out there. And as you go to the door, you realize it leads outside to a small stone path that leads around the house towards the graveyard. And as you go to open the door, you see lightning strike the ground outside. You can go out there, but you you know the storm from before, the wind, and you know that there is now lightning as well, and giant waves, apparently. So it, if it leads outside, then I'm staying my ass indoors. So I will take the bottom left door. All right, as you go through the bottom left, you return back to the ballroom. So this area appears to have been a ballroom and a greenhouse that leads outside. She is gone, and there are three doors to your left. One that leads down to the lobby where you were before, and two that lead to other areas. The two signs that are on the wall say dining room and kitchen. Can I pull a trolley out of my backpack and say, So trolley, uh, you got any siblings living in the kitchen? As you say this, you are you holding it tight? Yes. It shakes with violent rage, and it's trying to break free. You son of a bitch! killed everybody and you made me my family will destroy you we are everywhere we are living on the first floor you will not survive to the second that's great trolley but that's not the answer to the question i was looking for so i just have to check back later okay love you <laughs> put it back in my backpack you will die a horrible girl. i'm gonna go to the dining room as you go in the dining room you realize that no food has been placed here in a long time. So there isn't any cutlery that's going to attack you. You see two large oak tables made from nearby trees and a lot of chairs. You then see a door that says kitchen and you can see in the kitchen a bunch of plates and cutlery that will obviously murder you if they wake up. And in the distance, you see a carpeted hallway. Since you're in the room, you can see that down the hall, there is a stairwell that leads down. I'm going to roll a stealth check, even though I know it's going to be shit. And I'm going to try to carefully walk through the dining room and down the stairs. You start to walk by the cutlery, and you can hear it slowly waking up. And in your bag, you begin to increase in pace because you can hear the cutlery starting to wake. But you manage to walk past. If you stay there, they're going to come out. So Can I just slightly open my backpack real quick and say, Hey, shut up, you fucking flesh tool. <laughs> the cutlery starts to shake in the other room. You see as the chairs start to open with horrifying mouths. Oh, I knew it. I fucking sprint down the stairs. As fast as my little gnome legs can carry me. As you go down the stairs, you realize the stairs also go up. Okay, I'm going down. You go down. As you go downstairs, you are now in a stairwell. There are now four doors around you. One that seems to lead into an empty hallway. One that seems to lead into a wine cellar. And one that leads into an open, empty training room. I want to check out the wine cellar. You come into the wine cellar. In front of you are six pillars on either side of you, three by three pillars. And there is wine on the shelves. There are also giant barrels of ale all around you. Each of them with a tap. Hey, Charlie, I got something that'll make it up to you. You take the wine and you pour it into the blade. I'm going to give him just like a cup. Are you drinking then? 
I guess so. I'd be drinking too. All right. Yeah, you can handle your booze. Yeah, I've had better. Vomit shoots out of the front end of the trowel. It didn't know it could do that. Hey, 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 not in the backpack. You hear screaming from upstairs and footsteps. And then you see your old pal, Neil, running down the stairs. She runs out and she looks at you. Uh, and she says, holy fuck, man. This place is fucking haunted. Jinkies, man. She said, there's fucking suits of armor up there and shit, man. Running around on the second floor. Annihilating everybody and everything. Just fucking is horrifying, man. There's talking shovels. There's living rugs that smother your soul. Thank God you bypassed all of that coming straight to this basement. I just hand her a bottle of wine. Here, this will calm you down. This is fucking elven wine. This is some high quality shit. Really? Because I've had better. It's insane because moon elves are fucking really rare now. And I don't think that there's booze like this anymore. Apparently the suits of armor didn't come down here. I guess nobody leaves their floor. Except for Trowley. Who's Trowley? Uh, oh, is Trowley still near me, hovering near me? Uh, yeah. Me, Trowley. Trowley just hits the floor. That's a broken shovel? Are you that drunk that you think the shovel is alive? No, he is, look. He pretends to not be alive to fuck with you. Wow, okay. You pick up the shovel. I shake him. Wake up! Don't embarrass me in front of my... Yeah, well, bounty. Oh, I'm your friend now. I thought I was your fucking prisoner. <clears throat> bounty, bounty, bounty. Sure, sure, buddy. You feign death in your hands. You think he's dead. You think you killed him with alcohol poisoning. Trolley? Trolley? He is in a death-like state, his heartbeat barely beating. I guess you're dead then. Just start using his body to just dig his own grave. Krill's just watching me have a funeral. Like a small little tiny funeral. She looks to the door. She breathes and she goes, I'm gonna die. I'm going to die here. I'm gonna die. I should have just left with everyone else. Why did I stay? I didn't wake up on time and they left me. Why did the other bandits leave me? Is there something wrong with me? Why do I deserve this fate? All I did is steal things. It's a sad day for us all. I just start drinking. You're such an idiot. Give me your fucking booze. Oh my god. So, do you want to like explore some more or? Have you looked around here at all? Uh, the kitchen was full of angry silverware. Yeah, upstairs was filled with all kinds of horrible things up there, man. I do not want to go back up there. That place is terrifying. Well, there's no way to go about up unless you want to explore the rest of this basement. She looks and she says, well, there seems to be a hallway right here, right next to you that you didn't even look at. Oh, yeah. That goes to where the cemetery is, so I wonder what the hell's going on with that. This barrel looks weird. It's the only one in here without a spout. I know how to find a hidey hole when I need one. And she kicks it and you see uh, it opens and it's a door. And there appears to be a path behind the door. Well, if there's anything here, it's probably in this secret room. This is where I would keep my fucking treasure. This storm isn't letting up. Whatever's causing that storm is in here. And I feel like I'm going to die no matter what, so I might as well die fighting. All right. Fair enough. So come with me. Let's go into this horrifying cave. And you see there's blood marks all over the floor and handprints. Before we leave, can I just say goodbye to Trowley real quick? Yeah, say goodbye to your shovel. Okay, I walk over to the grave. I'm like, goodbye, <laughs> sweet prince. I knew you was so well. And then, uh, hats off, on my heart. He was an excellent shovel. He he fought hard, as a shovel does. <laughs> Shut up, Snaggletooth. You didn't even know him. You <laughs> she laughs uncontrollably. Let's fucking leave, man. Come on. <laughs>
All right, let's go. As the two of you walk below the ground where bones and dead bodies hide underneath the stone, Trowley the shovel, as his wounds open, you hear his inner monologue. One day, you bastard, I will slay you. I will leave my home and my realm and I will follow you forever until one day at the perfect moment I will strike and kill you and I will feast on your entrails. Dude, he's on an epic quest to murder you now. You just created an enemy. Good. Alrighty then. I regret nothing. Alright, so you find yourself in a creepy cave with three eggs. One to the north, one to the south, and one to the east. It appears that someone has recently been walking around here. There are footsteps here. I'm just like, hey, someone's been here. Huh. Okay. This place is terrifying. What do we do about it? We fuck around and find out. Okay. You can see that the trail leads all over. There appears to be lines of blood leading both south and north, but not east. I am just going to head straight forward, so I'm going to head east. You both run east, and you hear through the walls as you are walking someone in pain oh trowley you can tell that someone is speaking and they are in pain and they are not in the hall you were in keep walking i'm gonna just be like that reminds me of trowley neil listens there's people in there but i don't want to risk my my life for other people but there's people in there so if you want to go and check out that room you can do that if we get to the bottom of this we'll all be saved so let's keep pushing forward. Okay. Alrighty then. You head north and you see a large antechamber open up. In the antechamber is four entrances at a crossroads. The one you came in from the west, one north, one south, and one east. In the east is a door, a double-sided door, locked shut. And in the center of the room, as three torches are lit and one is not, is a giant ritual stone covered in ruins made of blood. And a large sitting pyre with a intricate circle filled with various runes and incantation made of stone, this entire piece. It is raised above the ground as if it is placed here. It looks familiar. You realize this is made by gnomes. What? This appears to be an archaic ancient version of a gnome construct maker. Huh. It is the device that gnomes use in order to make constructs faster. Normally, a construct takes a very long time to make at all the different kinds of constructs. Golems and even um, um, flesh golems made out of human skin and mimics and animated objects. They all can be made with this machine faster than normal. This stone, if used with the right magic, can be used to raise the dead. It seems to have been altered with some kind of blood magic to do other more horrible things. Such as the hearts and organs inside all the objects. Murden's gonna, like, pull on his engineer goggles, and he's gonna take a closer look. Just say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You okay. can tell that it has been used fairly recently. And it, based on the etchings on it, it's been used hundreds of times to make everything that lives in this building. It appears to be completely foreign, as if someone who knows nothing of the technology is using it. Gosh, shoddy craftsmanship. Ugh. Okay, we gotta destroy this thing. Who's using it, and what are they using it for? 
Well, whoever it was, it's someone who clearly doesn't understand how to use gnome technology. So I'm gonna start taking apart the altar. You walk up, the altar is covered in blood and ancient, like, pentagrams and shit. You just wipe off the pentagram goo that has, like, souls on it, and the souls, like, kind of fly off. And you just go up behind the altar, and you just put your finger in a small hole, and you pop it open... And you just rip off the stone piece. The crystals inside that power it are, like, all fucked up and in the wrong order. Ugh. It has human hearts inside of it that are pumping blood through it. No, come on. Why would you Why would you do that? Like, come on. Like, a beating heart, really? Come on. Have you ever tried using a fluctuating crystal? Like, come on. There's gears made of human bone. Like, no. This is terrible. This is terrible craftsmanship. Can you stop the storm? I'm going to dismantle it. I don't know if this will shut off the storm, but... It could this is a altar that's used to make the living creatures living tools golems armor i don't know if it can stop the storm but i think it can stop whoever is behind all this from making any more trolleys you managed to take it apart it doesn't have that many parts that could be useful it has one crystal in it that could be salvaged but all the rest of it has been replaced with human parts as if they couldn't find the parts so they just started using necromancy and blood magic to fix it and they fixed it badly i turn to krill and i ask have there been any disappearances lately in the area i mean there's always some but there's a whole graveyard back there yeah that is right we did pass a graveyard earlier they could, it could be using the parts from there. He could be taking people who wander into the storm. Cadavers and unfortunate victims. Hmm. This place is a fucking hellhole. Man, I just, I can't believe someone would do this. And as she says this, you hear a voice speak into your mind. Who dares intrude on my golem maker? Murden the cannonball at your service. You did some pretty shit work with that all really poorly designed. I just, mm, it's just, it's, 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 it's cringe. It's, it's, it's like you built an altar and a tribute to cringe. Come on, man, I could build better than this. And I wasn't even the fucking best <laughs> engineer in the academy. Come on. Yeah, he was clearly a C plus average. I care not for your C pluses. I am here to kill you. I have made myself flesh of steel, the most apex of predators. And you hear metal clanging along the wall. You're cruising for a bruising, pal. You see the most horrifying and intimidating presence, a steel predator. It is the one of the most powerful constructs in existence. It is a golem that has the body of a tiger and the mouth of a snake made of in of very powerful metals and it has you can see as you look at it it has a metal plate on its head and it seems to be pulsating and you can hear a brain underneath its skull <laughs> your friend takes thunder damage and is stunned she's laying in the corner horribly wounded almost unconscious hey don't, don't kill my bounty like that combat mode engaged he is hanging on the wall almost on the ceiling uh, 30 feet from you. I'm gonna throw my light hammer at him and see if it knocks him to the ground. As you hit it with the hammer, you realize that you and this thing are almost perfectly matched. You hit it in the head with a hammer and it is mad. And I'm gonna run up and attack four times. So with each strike, uh, I'm striking into its defenses because clearly it's a construct. Murda knows 
has a good history of constructs. He knows their weak points. He knows where their joints are. He knows exactly where their weak points are. So I'm basically like bashing in like certain parts of the Steel Predator that will disable its abilities. With the skill and cunning of a gnome who knows his shit, you start dismantling this thing like a fucking shitty engine. And you manage to, with all of those damaging hits, take one of its arms off by unscrewing it. You knock the bolt that holds its arm in place off, and its arm begins to move on the ground. Come on, you're not even making me break a sweat. It is now climbing on the ceiling above you, and it is furious now that it is missing a hand. I am going to slam into it with my vortex. The steel predator, infuriated that you cut off its arm, climbs directly above you. You swing at it, but manage to miss on the first hit because you were aiming for its arm. You swing the second time and hit it in the head. You then roll across the room at full speed to go pick up your hammer. You pick up your hammer and you turn around to see the steel predator lunging at you in horrifying rage with its teeth out ready to strike. You manage to close up into a ball right as he chomps down on the outside of your armor. He bites into your armor and then misses with his claw as he tries to push you, trying to grip onto the ball, and then he cuts on the other side. He is trying to cut you out and bite you out of that thing. He is clawing into you. Covered and dripping in blood, he slashes at you as you are rolled up in a ball, trying to survive. He's starting to get desperate. He's starting to focus less on strategy and more desperate tactics. So I'm like smashing the, the thing's face in. And then I was able to get a lucky uppercut with my light, light hammer. You smash his face in, hit your hammer upside his head like Rocky in a fist fight. He flies back with his face, spit comes out. As you hit him, the metal piece on his head slowly slides off and you can see his exposed brain pulsating. He turns to you and screeches in rage, ready to try to deal a final bow. Filled with rage, he screeches at you and races towards you so fast that his arm rips off from the sheer pressure from him jumping, and his body shoots directly at you like a worm and bites straight into your neck. He's now latched onto you, and you can feel his pulsing brain touching your face. Oh, God. As he breathes this horrible breath onto your neck while the spikes clash in through your armor into your neck this is for trolley you sick fuck you stab directly into his brain severing his brain from his body as you hit him his brain flies out of his skull as it is hit back and the body falls to the ground limp the brain sits across the room next to the fire and stares at you the fire sits in front of you burning hot <laughs> pick up the brain throw it into the fire you slam dunk that brain straight into the bowl of fire. What do you say as you hold him in the fire, burning him alive? This is for trolley, you pink melon. He burns and you hear him scream to you as he dies. No! I was gonna live forever. They were gonna live forever. He screams out for help, wishing that one day he could have lived forever with all of his children. And as he dies, you hear a click and the doors open to a room filled with treasure gently calmly close the door so neil doesn't notice i'll be back for you later you walk out holding creel you ignore the man or whoever was crying for help in the other room as you leave the building as you walk outside having left the mansion you see that the storm has ended the world is back at peace. 
and everything is right with the world. As you carry your friend off into the sunset, the camera slowly pans back to the mansion. As the door shakes, more horrifying monsters sit within its walls. And an old friend, Trowley, awakens to begin his never-ending quest to annihilate you. The end. Golf clap. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. <laughs> that was fun, man. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you are listening, if this is released at any point. Um, this has been a Testers and Jesters episode. This week, a stormy night at the manor with our new friend, Murden the Cannonball. Join us next time for more D&D action. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hi. It's me again. This was an interesting one to edit. I thought that we could take the old episode and tighten it up and shorten it. I thought it would be a lot shorter. I thought it would only be about 20 minutes. But it ended up being a full 40-minute episode. I don't know if I'll do this every month. I might do what I did with Deborah Starr and actually write and record like a mini story version of every podcast for D&D, but I'm not quite sure yet. It's a ton of work to cut these down even further, and I don't know if I'm losing some of the charm by getting rid of a lot of the dice roll stuff. It's hard to tell what is chit-chat and what is actual story. They're pretty interwoven. Next time we do a D&D podcast, I think I will make a sort of audio play about the events of the campaign, and we'll see if that's better. Let me know in the comments and in reviews whether or not you want an abridged version of the episode at all, or if you want like an audio play of it. Input's important. Let me know if you just hate us playing D&D and you want us to stop. We probably won't, but we'll try to make it better, I guess. Anyway, next time... There's another special type show we're going to do called Talking at No One. So I'm going to see if that works out. So keep an eye out next week. And always, thanks for listening. Bye.